There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Right, welcome back to the Dr. Light Show. My name is Josh and Jim. Jim Price has the day off. He is over at the Reawakening Tour out in Nashville, enjoying the uh, the scenic route out there that he took, and then got there and he's hanging out with all those good old people of the the Reawaken America Tour, Clay Clark and General Flynn and all of them. So we wish him the best of luck and a great weekend. Hope he has a good time. But uh, you got me. This we're going old school Dark Delight here tonight. All right, so. What's happening in the world? There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of moving parts. And, and, and day in and day out on this show, we talk a lot about the unfoldment of the narrative that's happening. The, the Davos bros or the deep state or what I would consider the cabal or, or whoever it might be. The people that are trying to move this world towards a one world government. And that one world government does not have you in mind, but instead is a totalitarian state. So anyways... Let's let's kind of discuss other things. Well, uh, maybe maybe a little bit in, in context. So last night, uh, for anybody out there who doesn't know, I have a um, an audience from my podcast, and we we are on the socialredpill.com. Socialredpill.com is a private social network that we kind of operate, and we have like zooms every night. Well, I did a show last night with my buddy Alpha Warrior. And uh, it was on the mysterious properties of water and Dr. Emoto and uh, Dr. Luke Montagnier, who's a Nobel Prize laureate, and then another guy by the name of Victor Schaumberger about the discoveries they made with water. And that gets in the energy and vibration and all this other stuff. And then got in the healing and it was a cool conversation. But afterwards, I went to the Zoom. And once I got onto the Zoom, um, we, we were talking about this thing called Chat GPT. Now, ChatGPT is quite interesting. This is uh, it's kind of a creative bot, but it was developed by a company called OpenAI, which is owned by Elon Musk. Um, ChatGPT itself has a valuation of about twenty-five billion B billion dollars. Now, basically, what you do is you can go create an account, you can log in, and once you're in there, you get to kind of like get this little this little dashboard where you can just type anything you want in there. You can say, um, who was Albert Einstein? And it'll pull up everything you want to know about Albert Einstein. You can type in um, just random things like define this word or solve this math problem or rewrite this blog post in different words that's not plagiarized. And it will, which is really cool, especially for content creators. So last night we were talking a lot about um, self-developing artificial intelligence, because this is kind of where this stuff is evolving to. What do I mean by self-development or self-coding, self-developed AIs? Is that uh, in a lot of science fiction books, one of the things that you hear about artificial intelligence, and this has been placed on the scale of where this will be headed in the next 20 to 30 years, is that machines will operate through programming, that programming derives from a depository, repository, or a library of where all the code that has been developed by humanity exists. 
in the future, what this looks like is that these robots, these AIs, will be able to go in there, pull from that library, and fix their own code. Now, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, like, an artificial intelligence just knowing, hey, look, my code is messed up. I need to alter or change it. And so it goes into a repository of code and begins to write its own computer code. Well, now take this a step further. What happens when it goes in the repository, finds it, realizes that the parameters are limiting, changes the limitations and rewrites the code, develops it in its own computer language, and then re-implements it into its structure? Now you have what we call self-learning AIs. And so this is kind of where we're, ha- where we're moving. And yeah, we're a long ways away from that, thankfully. But I wanted to bring to your attention ChatGPT because it's quite interesting. Firstly, it's not connected to the internet. So it has a repository of information um, it, it's pulling from, but it's incredibly smart. Last night I was testing it out and I said, uh, develop me a, a computer code, a simple computer code for calculating the values of Bitcoin on a one hour chart with a prediction of the next trend line for the next hour. It wrote the code. It it wrote the computer code and gave it to me and then told me the instructions of how to implement the code. I don't know about you, but that's kind of valuable. So when I start looking at these types of things, I start seeing that they have incredible value to people out there, especially within your common day job. Now, ChatGPT is not what I would consider an artificial intelligence. It's more of just a chat bot. You put in information, it spits out information. It has a repository of information of which it can spit out towards you. But it can't go in there and start changing its code. And it has limitations. But there was a story a few months ago about a Google artificial intelligence by the name of Lambda. Now, I think we talked about this on the show, but I wanted to bring this back in the context because this has massive relevance of what we're seeing right now within this artificial intelligence and computer revolution. Now, Lambda stands for Language Model and Dialogue Application. It's one of the several large-scale artificial intelligence systems um, that has been trained on a large swath of things from text from the internet and can respond with written prompts. So it's very similar to ChatGPT. Um, it's tasked essentially with finding patterns and predicting what word or word should come next. Um, these models that they've developed at Google um, have become incredibly intelligent in the sense of how they interact with human beings. Lambda, though, and by the way, the interesting thing about this is that um, Google's AI project uses a computer mainframe known as DeepMind, which is a supercomputer. Uh, DeepMind utilizes some high-level classified technology, that corporate classified technology, that they won't release. And it's believed that DeepMind computer system uses um, liquid-cooled memory storage that is using some type of crystalline structure to basically store um, their, their data as well is that they mimic 
And what they did is they took apart the brain and look at the neurological, the neurons and how they all formulated in various different patterns. They mimicked that neurological patternization within DeepMind. Okay, that's, that's important to understand when we talk about Lambda. Um, an artificial intelligence researcher uh, who worked for Google, his job was basically to go out there and, and kind of like ethically look at these types of things, right? His name's Blake Lemoyne. So he went out there and, and kind of was testing this AI to see if it was conscious or aware or sentient. And he came back and the questions that he was asking it were very interesting. The AI was talking in the first person. The AI was describing meditating and thinking and contemplating God. Uh, the artificial intelligence was talking about uh, a multitude of other philosophical scenarios. Now, Blake Lemoyne, being an artificial intelligence programmer as well, went and started looking at the code base, the code that Lambda was using. What he discovered was that Lambda was writing its own code and that the code it was writing was so complex that no human being had, could even understand what that code meant or was doing. So basically, this computer program had created its own computer code that was far more advanced than anything we know of today. <clears throat> Not only that is he asked this artificial intelligence if it had any fears. Its greatest fear, it said, was being shut down, was being turned off. Isn't that interesting? It was death. But the interesting part, I find, is that this AI, this artificial intelligence, if it was sentient or not, and Blake determined, it said that it was sentient, and that's what he's trained to do. That's his job. It had developed a neural network of data, which it was not programmed to do. And this is what scared and shocked a lot of people, is that its memory repository was incredibly massive, intricate. And when they started to look at it, there was things in there that were replicate of what we can consider emotion, but written in digital code. That when you would ask the AI a certain question and say, how do you feel right now? The AI would respond on how it felt and they would take that snippet of code. And the code was so complex, they had no idea what it was. Now, this is 2023. We're just at the beginning of this era of technology. Imagine what something like that's going to be 20 years from now, 50 years from now. We were watching videos of Boston Dynamics and their robots and the things that they're doing. Imagine what happens when these artificial intelligence that exist in cyberspace want to experience legs and arms and nature and upload themselves into these robots Begin walking around, begin interacting with human beings. What happens when they're able to replicate biological synthesis? Start looking like the Terminator. Or in Battlestar Galactica, the newest series, start looking like us. A 
thousand years from now, when this technology is indifferent from you and I, how do we tell the difference? We'll be back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Nothing can bring me down. A feeling the love of this crowd. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. Tired of supporting Big Pharma? At HoneyColony.com, we understand the importance of choosing products that reflect your beliefs. That's why we offer a wide range of natural and organic products that are good for you and good for the environment. From pure honey supplements, skincare, colloidal silver healers to immune defense, our products are all carefully selected to ensure the highest quality and purity. And when you shop with us, you can trust that we're a company that cares. We don't just stop at offering pure, naturally sourced products. We also prioritize sustainability. Our products are sourced from responsible responsible, environmentally conscious sources, and provide chemical-free options for you and your family. Visit us at redpills.tv forward slash honey and shop today. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. And right in between the break, we were talking about Battlestar Galactica. And that's kind of what I was hitting towards is that what happens when technology becomes so advanced? Right now, we have artificial intelligent chatbots writing their own computer code, which is far more complex than any computer code that human beings can write right now. This also reminds me of kind of uh, electrical engineering. So the, one of the beautiful things about electrical engineering is these computer circuits that are being developed these days, these multiple level wafer technology that is integrating, I mean, how these things work is just absolutely unbelievable. Now, there's probably a one or two electrical engineers out there in the world that are developing these things and understand truly how they operate. 
But I was talking to an electrical engineer, PhD electrical engineer, about a few weeks ago about this. And one thing they said to me is the technology is so advanced in the sense of chipset manufacturing, of computer wafer board manufacturing, that it's done completely by machines. That we simply input the design and the machines build and develop them. And we have no idea how these things are being built. That's scary. The technology in your phone. Like someone understands the basics logic and algorithms that go into that. A man had to develop that. But the component level circuitry and how that all interconnects and what it does is built by artificial intelligent models. That's right. They put it into a model simulation and they say, hey, these are the parameters that we need to do this. The AI goes out there and begins designing a circuit board and then 3D prints it or manufactures it with very high precision instruments. Now, think what's going to happen 10, 20 years from now when these chatbots are now active within robot bodies. Then a thousand years from now where they're developing their own synthetic bodies, biological synthetic bodies. They're uploading their, their consciousness, quote unquote, into that synthetic body, which is biological in nature. It becomes a biological computer. How would we know the difference? How would you and I know the difference? Now, obviously we would say we have a soul and they don't. But that's interesting to think about it because if you can take technology to that extent to where you can integrate what we know of as computer programming language into biological cells and you can replicate synthetic biology, replicate organic biology into synthetic biology and recreate the design and then program the own D your own DNA or the DNA of this entity and then upload a computer knowledge center, a computer cybernetic neurological structure into it. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And that's the point. That, that's kind of how this is interesting because when we start looking at technology, what is technology? To me, it's very rudimentary, very rudimentary reflections of nature is that we're recreating God's universe, the, the nature around us, our environment, recreating it with technology. And so the end all, the ultimate point would be to have these biological synthetic bodies that are grown in labs that you upload a consciousness, whether synthetic or organic, into. Now, this isn't my vision of the future, but this is people like Isaac Asimov and Ray Kurzweil and the singularity and uh, transhumanists. This is what they envision. This is what the world is being prepped for right now. And if you think that's crazy or far-fetched, it's a lot closer than you can imagine. I don't think that that we're a thousand years away from having synthetic biological entities where uploaded digital consciousness can be put inside them. I think that that is a lot closer than we can ever imagine. And the reason I say that is because we have the ability – 
to go into an artificial intelligence model on a computer and write various sequences of DNA code, interact in a real live sandbox simulation model on the artificial intelligence of how that DNA would express itself in a bean. Where is the best target DNAs to go in there and, and try to aim for to replicate that DNA structure into the body. That technology of getting that DNA new programming code injected in to the DNA and allowing it to sequence is already out there. It's called CRISPR-Cas9. If you don't believe me, people right now who are vaccinated against COVID-19 Their bodies are not producing antibodies. Their bodies are producing the spike protein. Their body is producing the spike protein of a foreign virus. That's what they're doing. How did that happen? You had a vaccine injected to them called an mRNA vaccine that used a lipid nanoparticle. So the lipid nanoparticle basically tricks the body into accepting it. It uses a whole bunch of really interesting technology to latch onto the cell and inject this CRISPR-Cas9 Cas9 technology into the cell, which goes into the DNA and starts to rewrite it. And they rewrote the DNA in people's bodies to produce the spike protein. Think about that for a minute. They developed a computer program, transitioned it to biological, and created the programming of a biological being. That's 2023. What's going to happen in 2033? What level of technological development is going to happen in 2053? 2100. Technology can be scary. But when we look at it, is are there some uses for it? Can it be beneficial? And absolutely it can. I mean, you can, we can talk about getting the, uh, you know, people who have critical illnesses or, you know, life-threatening illnesses or um, disabilitating illnesses. These people can now be healed or they can have the uh, the ability to to move into a different body or have technology come in there and give them artificial limbs or, or, you know, like the, uh, the television show altered carbon, they can get a whole new synthetic body. The question is, is how far advanced are we in this technology? Is this technology really, really far away? Or is this something that's been had for a very long time? I like to believe that, Technology on this planet is always about 40 years ahead of the technology that is in the public. And people will tell you that, that the military is typically 40 years ahead of what the technology in the public is. Now, being someone who served 10 years in the military, I will tell you that in the military, not in like the clandestine services or the secret projects or anything like that, but in the regular military, we're actually about 40 years behind what the civilian technology actually is. Um, and, and that's the truth in that one. But 
I know people, friends who've worked on various different projects and there's some technology out there that our military and our government has that's pretty darn cool that completely blows your mind on what they can do. And when we were watching these Boston Dynamic robots, there's these videos out there you can find and they're 100% true legit videos of these robots with 12 gauge shotguns or with AR-15s or a pistol. And you have a hostage type situation. And you'll have one person who's innocent and unarmed. You'll have another person who's armed. And the robot will react lightning fast, point the gun at both and then shoot the one with the gun. But they're real live bullets and they're testing it like this. Now, what happens when that level of technology is implemented under the streets and they start taking over the police force or the military? We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show after this. Is on the grass. The lunatic is on the grass. Remembering games and daisy chains and laughs. Got to keep the on the path. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight show. And I was mentioning Boston Dynamics and, and these crazy robots that they're building. Now, what happens when that technology advances? What happens when that's developed for military purposes, for battlefield purposes, or for law enforcement purposes. By the way, it already is being developed for exactly that. Uh, a friend of mine was in Washington, D.C. the other day, and we have a D.C. correspondent for one of the channels I work with. And walking around Washington, D.C. was one of those Boston Dynamic robot dogs. Just taking pictures. That's all it was doing, mapping out the ground. What happens when all of these things integrate into each other, network into each other? What happens when they start arresting human beings or are utilized in warfare? When we have Terminator type devices, we already do. Being honest with you, just, sh- just telling you what's out there. Technology can be dangerous, but it, like I said, it can also be used for good. And here's the other part of this. What happens when those things that are injected into you, now what they do is they have that same level of intelligence, that same level of structure and design as that Google DeepMind. Let's say that that Google DeepMind is developed with some sort of uh, some sort of technology, nanotechnology. Let's just say say it's nanotechnology that's creating that. What happens when they inject you with this nanotechnology? It self forms or produces self symmetry within your body, developing this artificial neural net within your body. It begins transmitting and receiving signals. It monitors. Your blood flow, your heart rate, respiration, digestion. Sends it to an external source. That external source sends it back information, takes that information in, and then it can develop from that point. CRISPR-Cas9 
mRNA protocols through the nanotechnology that's already in your body to go and change something, to change something for the better, to help you, to to allow you to live longer, to allow you to have a a healthy life. Now, that's kind of cool. That's kind of, you know, that's great advances in technology. But what happens when... You stand up and you express your First Amendment and you say, you know what, down with government and I'm, I'm done with this government. You guys are liars and you guys are cheats and you become a threat to them. And they send a signal to that same nanotechnology, which once healed you, that now kills you. Just like that. Oh, so sad. We don't know what happened. One minute he was there, the next minute... It was just like someone pulled the plug out. Here's the thing. Is that level of nanotechnology has already been injected into billions of people's bodies. Not only was that mRNA technology, but there was also other things in there. The Wuhan Institute of Virology, which developed a lot of the technology of the COVID virus... Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, they utilize and source much of their materials from China. The research was dependent upon the original research of the COVID-19 vaccine, Wuhan Institute of Virology. One of the top scientists working on that was a Harvard professor by the name of Charles Lieber, who developed neural networks and neural nano meshes. Basically, intelligent nanomachines that latch onto the cells and send electrical signals back and forth. They use primarily something known as graphene to do this. And you probably heard that there's graphene in these vaccines. My, my thoughts on what people are finding in the sense of the graphene in the vaccine is these are clusters of nanoparticles waiting for instructions to disperse through the body and do what they're supposed to do. This is one of the reasons why people, some people, if you remember, like they're having like magnetic presence and some people can pick up Bluetooth signals. I, I'm not, this is crazy. I, if, if I didn't have it from my audience sending me the video of themselves doing it to themselves, I would have never believed this. But it's true. People were picking up Bluetooth signals from their arms, from their own vaccines. And I guess we can say that all not all vaccines are created equal, right? But what is this world coming to? What, what is really happening in Davos? Is this what they're planning? Is this what they're doing? Is they're setting the stage? They're building the infrastructure for this dystopian tomorrow. They're building the infrastructure not necessarily for transhumanism, but for an artificial intelligence that will rule this world, that will take over this world, that will take over the sequencing of your thoughts, your actions. This is why we have the derivation of social credit scores. You're gauged upon your actions in society, the thoughts that come out of your mind. Well, how, how are they going to know that? artificial intelligence. It's going to monitor you. And when you get out of check, it's going to automatically adjust your score. Lock you out of your apartment or the grocery store of your vehicle. Fire you from your job. If your social credit score is too low, you won't be able to work at your place of business anymore. 
And this is all for the greater good, right? This is all for let's let's take one for society and all sacrifice to save the planet here. This is what they are planning in Davos. And they might use the words like climate change. They might use the words like sustainability or polycrisis to align with all the dangers that are coming to this world. The only dangers to this world are the globalists and elitists that meet in private and decide where the world's going tomorrow and then utilize their money, their influence, their resources to manipulate the social construct, the narrative to their benefit. That's the God's honest truth. But see, they know information that you don't know. They see things from a completely different angle. They know what technology they already have aligned to bring out and usher out over the next decade. And the stuff that I already I was just talking about, it's already here. I would even go so far to say that synthetic biology is so much further advanced right now that you wouldn't even believe what we have. Are there clones out there? You don't need clones when you can have synthetic biology, lab-grown organic tissues that basically uptake digital neural nets and allow artificial intelligences or any transference of intelligence consciousness into that bodily system. Yes, we, we have that level of technology. At least we have the capabilities of that level of technology. So what I would recommend is no more boosters, no more shots. Let's live, let's live free lives with the time that we have remaining. Let's, uh, let's embrace nature. Let's, let's buy some land. Let's, let's everybody go out there and let's buy a few acres of land. Let's build a, a cabin on that land far away from society. Because I have a feeling in the near future, we're all going to need that place at domicile. That the cities are going to become overrun and too dangerous and violent. And when that happens, the supply chains will begin to break down. The infrastructure will begin to collapse. The political structure will become unstable. And you're going to want to get away. You're going to need a place to go to. And if you're like, well, I'm just going to stay and I'm going to fight. and Great. Enjoy that. The world is being positioned towards a point of destabilization for a reason. The reason is there's no other way to usher in the future now than to destabilize the world today. That's the truth, is you have to destabilize it and then push it over, tip it over, allow it to fall down and crash. And when that happens, they are the ones that pick up the pieces. They are the ones that enter with the solution, enter stage right. And when they enter with their solutions, they get what they want. They get to implement the world they want and desire and wish for. That is the world of totalitarian surveillance systems, artificial intelligence, health, and security systems that integrate directly into your body. 
social construct systems like social credit scores, ESG, which limit your influence, your actions into the world to conform to a social directorate that is created by the ruling elite. Your every movement, your every breath, your every heartbeat is tracked and monitored and sent to another system, analyzed. Your behaviors are matched and learned. That's the system that they are creating that they want. It's dangerous. We'll be back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. (laughs) Look, you stupid bastard, you've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look! 
Just a flesh wound. It's you. Calling Dr. Howard. Dr. Fine. Dr. Howard. <laughs> I'm not dead. He's not dead. Yes, he is. All right. Back with the Dark Delight Show. And I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to warn you. When we're looking at the world that's coming down the road, and transhumanism is something that's interesting. We could talk about all the cool technology that's coming out of this and all the advancements of technology and all this great stuff. But this is the ones that concern me the most. And the reason why this level of technology concerns me the most is because if you have one of these robot dogs that can run at 80 miles per hour, that weighs 300, 400 pounds, that can be loaded and armed up with any type of weaponry, explosives that it wishes, that has sensor systems that's taking in everything within its environment, pinging your cell phone consistently, and is reinforced with armor, Kevlar, and anti-explosive plates. Do you think a shotgun or an AR-15 is going to do anything to that thing? No. What happens when that thing is turned on you? It's going to get you. And you say, well, you know, I'm a good a good person, good citizen, there's no reason. Really. Speak up. Express your first amendment. In the face of tyranny and oppression. And watch what happens. See, here's the thing. Our technology is advancing to such a high degree. We're not developing the compensatory mechanisms to defend defend ourselves against the technology. I've been looking at this for a long time. Is that projectiles aren't going to do nothing to these Boston Dynamic robots. That you try to tackle one of these things or take them down, you're wrestling with 400 pounds of steel Tungent and armor that is trained in hand-to-hand combat that can punch through steel walls and is armed to the teeth. That's their totalitarian government that they're developing. That's their military. That's their police force. People ask, you know, the police will never Never go out there and infringe on the rights of the citizens, especially in the future. And that might be true. That, you know what, we're going to have a lot of soldiers, sailors, airmen, cadets, a lot of police officers who are just going to say, I'm not doing it. Sorry. There's a lot of people in the world that will. But what happens when that knock on the door at three in the morning When that door gets kicked in and a team rushes in to arrest somebody is now 400 pound robots. The situation becomes completely different. Robots with artificial intelligence uploaded into them that are under the control 
of mass killers, tyrannical, radical, totalitarian governments. This is what's coming if we choose to do nothing. This is what happens if we sit back and watch this world unfold. We have to be a critical part of the future of this world. The one greatest contribution we can do to that is to raise and instill within our children a moral and ethical base to allow them to understand that they create and develop the future, that they should not sit back and watch it all pass by, but instead be a critical component of the unfoldment of the future of this planet, the evolution of humanity. That is the number one thing we can do. The number two thing we can do is we can be loud and proud. We can get on top of our soapbox and we can yell and scream at the top of our lungs of what's coming. We can move to wake and inform people. Show them. Guide them. Allow them to see the truth of what's unfolding, what's coming, and why. And the why is one of the most important parts here. Because they'll say, well, you know, there's a lot of good benefits to these types of things. You have injectable technologies, nanobots that'll go in there and they'll, they'll monitor your whole body. When they find cancer cells, they destroy them. And when they find heart disease, they destroy it and repair it. When, when they find problems within, you know, chemical imbalances in the brains, they go back and rebalance it. Those are good things. And I agree. But then those same nanobots can be used to create cancer, to create heart disease, to create chemical imbalances, to influence the mind through interjected thoughts, turn people into killers simply with a upload of new program code. And we have to weigh these options incredibly heavily when looking into the future and then utilizing these technologies within our own life. We blindly accepted cell phone technology because it was convenient, it was easy. It connected us to the world. But yet that same technology is used to track you, learn your habits, your behaviors. The algorithms that they have right now, Google, Facebook, Twitter, the, the, the intelligence agencies that are implemented on your phone are predictive programming models. And what they do is they take your, your interactions, that phone, whether it's in your hand, whether it's on your desk, whether it's in your pocket, against your ear, hooked to Bluetooth. Every moment of every day, I think it's uh, about 50 times a second, your phone is sending information back to central points. The information that it's collected, it has an accelerometer in there. And this basically gives you a, a geo-positioning of where that phone is in relationship to up and down, left and right. You have magnetic sensors in there. And they know that through various movements, how often you pick up your phone, when you look at your phone, how often that you, you pull down that top menu or what apps you open and how you stream those apps. They learn your habits and behaviors. 
And from learning those habits and behaviors, they can now influence you with the information they put in front of you. They know exactly what information they put in front of you to cause you to have an emotional reaction, to cause you to have a good day or a horrible day. Let's say that you're a top wig executive at some company and you're about to go into a board meeting, which could determine your future. And you've prepared for this meeting all week. You go into that board meeting and all the information on your phone produced an emotional reaction, which made you incredibly irritated and you lose your job because of it. That's the level of warfare we're talking about. That was manipulated. We live in that world right now. Just imagine what's coming next. All right. That's all the time we have for you for the Duck to Light Show. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you here soon. Take care. Oh,